Okay, so every blessing to you all and welcome back to another open air video. This will be part three and I guess for now the final part of my three part study looking at Mary and the Catholic Church. And I appreciate that for some of you it's very difficult to make the break. You've been raised in a Catholic system or maybe you are a Mormon or a JW. It's all you know. It's like Muslims. They are born in Islam. They're Mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives are all Muslim. It's all they know, and therefore to leave that religion is going to cost them something. It's like the old expression goes, you can take the horse to the well, but you can't make the horse drink from the well. You can introduce the sinner to the saviour, but you can't make the sinner receive the saviour. You can post the letter through the letterbox, but you can't make the person open the letter. Our job, therefore, as Bible believers, is simply to present the truth to sinners. What you do with it, after you have been presented it, is up to you. It's between you and the one true God. But for today, what I want to do is look at some verses and somehow approach this subject in a slightly different way. And I'll explain more of that as we go through the next little while. Second Thessalonians. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, take a look, if you will, at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. The mystery of iniquity, something which was previously hidden, not yet revealed, doth already work. It's already up and running around the time that Paul wrote this epistle, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. Until he be taken out of the way. What you got here is the Holy Ghost currently restraining the man of sin. The man of sin is going to be revealed when it pleases the Lord. And when Paul wrote this epistle, you had many antichrists, Nero, uh, Domitian, Titus, but the Antichrist has yet to arrive. Eight, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. What I want to do this morning is read these verses and apply them in a spiritual sense. You see, there are four applications when it comes to reading, teaching, and understanding the Word of God. Doctrinal, historical, prophetical, and spiritual. And therefore, I'm going to take these verses this morning and apply them spiritually to the Roman Catholic Church. That wicked eight, Antichrist, shall be revealed. The Antichrist not yet to arrive, but when Paul wrote this, there were many antichrists, and here we are 2,000 years later, and there are many antichrists today. But the antichrist has yet to arrive. Look at verse 9 one more time. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. False miracles. False signs and wonders. And Catholics say, well, look at Fatima. Look at Lourdes or Medjugorje. 
Well, let's take a look at those Marian shrines very briefly. Every year, thousands of people go to those shrines and they pay homage to the so-called Virgin Mary, the Queen of Heaven. They arrive sick and they leave sick. And yet sometimes we are told by those that go to such places that healings are occurring. Well, even if that were the case, even if it were the case, what sort of healings are we talking about? On top of that, were those people ever sick to begin with? I guess I'm a skeptic by nature, and I would like to check people's medical records just to be sure myself that such people were truly sick to begin with. But this piece of scripture tells me that the Antichrist, and I'm going to apply this to the current papacy, is able to do signs and lying wonders. So it is possible that a sick person could be healed. And people say, what a great work of God. No, that work is of the devil. And yet, let me say this to you very quickly. Over the last 40 years, we've had two popes come to England. The first pope came in the, 90, uh, the early 1980s and they had many open-air masses which were televised for the Catholic world and uh, some of those masses were shown on UK television and they brought thousands of sick to those masses. They arrived sick and they left sick. We had another Pope arrive here in the UK in 2010 and we covered that event. And again, many public masses, many sick came sick and they left sick. Now ask yourself this, if you are a Catholic, you believe your Pope is one of the successors of the Apostles. In fact, you believe he succeeded Peter. Peter could do signs and wonders, as could Paul, John and James, so on and so forth. Now why is it not the case today that the Pope of Rome is able to heal people on a mass scale. I mean, no failures whatsoever. When they came to be healed, Peter and Paul, James and John were able to heal everybody and anyone of whatever disease they had. And yet today, I see sick people every Sunday waiting in St. Peter's Square to receive a so-called blessing. What's going on? Why doesn't he heal them without any failures? one more time and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish they're going to go to hell these people why because they received not the love of the truth being Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross that they might be saved people say well Catholics believe in the Trinity well so does the devil they say Catholics believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ so does the devil but are they trusting that alone to save them and the answer of course is no they are trusting in the mass they are trusting in the intercession of the saints. They are trusting in the priest to intercede for them. You see, a Catholic, now listen, a Catholic cannot go to heaven without his or her priest. A Catholic is expected to go to Mass every Sunday. A Catholic is expected to go to confession before they go to Mass so that they can receive the Eucharist, communion. And they are expected to confess all of their sins to the priest before they receive the Eucharist. And yet, those that do go to confession, and it's a very few now, most Catholics don't go to confession anymore, but those that do go to confession are very selective as to what sins they confess. Most Catholics think that contraception is okay. Most Catholics think same-sex marriage is okay. Most Catholics think same-sex adoption is okay. They won't confess those sins to the priest, and therefore, 
according to Catholic theology, if they were to walk out of the door without confessing those sins and other sins, they go straight to hell. I mean, should they die, they go straight to hell. And that's why the Catholic Church invented a place called purgatory. And they twist first Corinthians chapter 3, which speaks about uh, works being burnt up. Not people, works being burnt up. And they say, there you are, you see, purgatory is found in the New Testament. No, it's not. A perversion. If you're a Catholic, you are living a very precarious uh, lifestyle. I guess your everyday activity must be very precarious. You hope you're saved. You don't know that you're saved, of course. You hope you are saved. And yet you always worry that if you fail to confess your sins before going to sleep at night, you might awake in the morning in hell. But the priest has a lot of sway over the Catholics. I guess it's like North Korea. You look at North Korea and they call their leader the beloved leader. They almost worship the man. Of course, they've been brainwashed, you understand. And they've been told since birth that there's a great monster outside of North Korea who's waiting to pounce, who's waiting to devour them. And therefore, you need to stay close to the beloved leader. I guess the same is true of the Catholics. You need to stay close to the Pope. There's a great level of error outside of the Catholic Church. They'd have you believe. And if you are outside of the Catholic Church, you're going to be in error. Now, the Catholic has one or two problems. Number one, most people that convert to Roman Catholicism are quite zealous of their religion, whereas those that are born in it are quite apathetic. And therefore you get the convert that has become a Catholic, who takes it very seriously, and they go around trying to convert people to Catholicism, and they say that if you're not in the one true church, so-called, you're going to go to hell. And yet the problem they have is their own catechism from 1994 page 198 from memory tells you that a good Jew, quote-unquote, a good Muslim, quote-unquote, a good atheist, quote-unquote, can probably make it to heaven. And that puts the Catholic in a theological straitjacket. What's he going to do now? He's converted to Catholicism. He takes it very serious. And yet, he has a dilemma. On the one hand, he wants to preach the old Vatican I line, that only Catholics go to heaven, and yet, on the other hand, he is somewhat stuck. His catechism says everybody goes to heaven. And that's why you've got to watch the Catholic Church. They preach out of both sides of their mouth. And if you are a Vatican I Catholic, and there are some that are still around, not many, maybe a few thousand worldwide, they teach this, that when Pius XII, <coughs> died in 1958-59. The truth died with him, meaning this, that the popes that came after him, like Roncalli, Montini, uh, JP1, JP2, Ratzinger, and the current pope, all those popes are anti-popes, anti-Christs, and the Vatican I crowd snub everything that went uh, or everything that came after Pius XII. They don't recognize Vatican II. Now, if you're not a Catholic, this may not mean much to you, but if you are a Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. The truth of the matter is this, that the Vatican I church was false, and the Vatican II church is false. And that's why you were told you must be born again. But this piece of scripture from 7 down to 10 is speaking specifically about those in the tribulation. So it's prophecy about the future that's still to come but I'm going to take these verses and apply them in a spiritual sense to the Catholic Church and not just to the Catholics 
anybody else who's in a false system. Uh, verse 11, and for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, like Mary appearing all over the world, like the priest can intercede for you. In fact, I think it was Cardinal Heenan, Heenan of the UK who said that the priest is not a Christ. That's blasphemy. 12, that they all might be damned. Go to hell when they die, who believed not the truth, Jesus Christ, of course, but a pleasure in unrighteousness. They reveled, they were wicked. And that's why I say most Catholics believe that same-sex marriage is okay, same-sex adoption is okay, contraception is okay, and if you don't believe me, just take a look at a typical Catholic church. Mum, dad, one, maybe two children. Somebody somewhere is practicing contraception, and yet by their own church's teaching, that is sinful. Go to Revelation chapter 2, please. I have no problem with Catholic people per se, like I said last time, but I am against Catholicism. The Lord Jesus Christ wept over Jerusalem. He had a great love for the people of Israel. I think he still does. And that's why those of us which are born again are told to contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. I'll tell you something, if you could get the Jew and the Muslim together, you'd have peace overnight because Christ is a prince of peace. But until then, you're gonna have war, more war, and much more war. Revelation chapter two, take a look, if you will, at verse 13. I know their works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. Interesting that Satan is referred to here in verse 13. You think of Friday the 13th, 666. 13 is a number of witchcraft. 13 is a satanic number. And here Satan is found twice. And here reference has been cited to his seat. And you think of the Pope of Rome. You think of him sitting on this throne. They call it the chair of Peter, the seat of Peter, it's a term to describe authority and the Pope believes that when he speaks ex cathedra, like back in the 19th century concerning the office of the papacy being infallible, or like in 1950 when Pius XII said how he had seen Mary, how he told you that he'd seen Christ, on those two events the Catholic Church believes that the Pope was infallible. Now they had to slightly amend that because in 1968, Paul VI, a man called Montini, who was present back in 1933 or thereabouts when the Catholic Church signed a concordat with the Vatican and every fascist state is Catholic. I'm sure you know that, of course. Montini tried to tell Catholics that contraception was a sin. But the problem with Montini in 68 compared to Pacelli in 1950 was that Montini didn't have the authority that Pacelli had back in 50. And Catholics completely discarded the Pope's teaching on contraception. Since then, the Catholic Church has tried to preach 
against different uh, issues which are of concern to them and most of what they now preach is completely ignored by the laity. The Catholic Church are now interested in saving Mother Earth, making this a better world. But again, I'm going to take these verses in a spiritual sense and apply them to the papacy. I know their works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, Rome for example, and thou holdest fast my name. Some people that are trying to do the right thing and has not denied my faith. It is possible, I will say this, that it is possible that there are saved people in the Catholic Church. But such people are told in Revelation 18 verse 4 to come out of that system. But the problem is this, that most people that get saved, and are in the Catholic Church, or any false system for that matter, will normally stay put because they've got friends and family that are in that system. If you are a Muslim, the chances are that you've always been a Muslim. In fact, most Muslims are from an ethnic background. And therefore, they're going to stay in that religion because A, it is all they've ever known. B, they are part of an ethnic group as well. And C, they are also fearful of the sin of apostasy, which for the Muslim means to be put to death. And therefore, people that get saved have a great dilemma. What do we do? Do we stay put? Or do we come out? But he goes on to say, Thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days, where an Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you as Satan dwelleth. When I finish Revelation, Lord willing, I'm going to go to Revelation. Excuse me, excuse me. when I finish Acts, I should say, I'm going to go to Revelation. I'm going to be starting uh, Acts 21 uh, this weekend and if I finish Acts say late June early July Lord willing I'm going to go straight to Revelation so we're going to get today it's just a very general overview of some of these verses in Revelation Revelation is a very deep book it's full of symbols and yet as somebody said it's not hard to understand it's hard to believe because this book tells you how it's all going to end so Satan has a seat and I think this is going to build to Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. But as I say, take this verse, apply it in a spiritual sense, and you get Rome. Look at verse 18, please. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass, and other works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last be more than the first. Always remember this, that the Bible is all to us, but it's not all for us. For example, most of the Old Testament concerns the Jews under the law, with the temple, with the priest system, with the animal sacrifice. Therefore, when you read the Old Testament, you don't take it doctrinally, because if you do, you're going to fall into all sorts of problems, but you can take it spiritually, like what you get in this morning. And again, you've got the angel writing to the church in Thyatira concerning the Son of God, and it says how his eyes are like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Here's a picture of Christ in glory. And I think when he came up out of the tomb, 
he would appear to Mary Magdalene and at first she didn't recognize him on top of that you've got the two disciples on the road to Emmaus Luke 24 and they too didn't recognize him on top of that you've got Peter and six other apostles John 21 that are fishing and I think John is there the son of Zebedee the Lord's cousin and he says to Peter look there's the Lord they didn't quite recognize him at first because he was in glory he had received his glorified body and again there's, there's, a, uh, there's a picture here of being commended and other works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than a first once again you've got a group of people that are I guess on the right track if you will like they are in verse 13 and yet there's something not right they're putting up with falsehood and the worst case scenario I guess if you are a saved person and yet in a dead church in a false church is that when you die you are going to lose rewards and crowns never your salvation but I'll tell you something I believe that when Christians arrive in glory there'll be a lot of weeping a lot of sadness because I think most people are going to be bitter about what they didn't do and I'll tell you something when I arrive in eternity I am pretty sure that the Lord is going to chastise me for what I didn't do I mean sure I mess up uh, sure I do things I shouldn't do but I think what I don't do is going to be just as important as what I shouldn't have done 20 notwithstanding I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto devils spiritual fornication my servants going back to the suggestion the inference that there are saved people in false religions when I say false religions let me qualify that in apostate churches I do not believe listen to me I do not believe there are saved people in Islam I do not believe there are saved people in Judaism okay but the Word of God does tell me and I've just read the verses to you that there are people that are in false Christian churches false systems that could be saved that might be saved and here Jezebel has been cited a, a wicked woman back from the Old Testament and again Jezebel being a female is a type of the Catholic Church and this woman is teaching the Lord's servants to commit fornication spiritual I believe and yet I don't rule out physical fornication and on top of that they are sacrificing unto devils quite possibly the mass the priest when he holds up the wafer becomes deity the priest is like a magician and he believes he's able to change the wafer into the literal body of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's why the Catholics genuflect when he holds up the wafer and some churches also will allow the Catholic to drink from the Eucharist uh, to drink the wine and he believes the priest that when he holds the wine up could be red wine white wine he's able to change it into the blood of Christ that is a perversion 
from uh, John chapter 6. They go to John 6 for that so-called teaching. And maybe in the future I will have to return and do a study on John 6 to reverse some of the damage that the Catholic Church do to that text. The Catholics will also fall into the same trap as the Calvinists concerning John 6. The Calvinists believe that you can't come to the Saviour unless he draws you to him. And they mangle John 6. The Catholic believes that unless you eat of his flesh, drink of his blood, you can't be saved. They too mangle the text from John chapter 6. But I haven't got time to expound that this morning. Look at 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. The Lord is all-suffering, all-merciful, long-suffering, and he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. The Word of God tells us how he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And yet, what are you going to do if people continue to snub the Lord? Look at the account back in the Old Testament concerning Abraham, concerning Lot, concerning Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is pleading with the Lord to not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew that Lot was there. <coughs> and it's a fascinating interaction between man and deity. And the Lord says to Abraham, if I find ten righteous there, I will spare the entire city. Well, it came down to there were no righteous there. In fact, you find Lot having to be dragged out of Sodom and Gomorrah with his daughters, which pictures a carnal Christian. And I believe this, that if you are saved and yet carnal, if you are saved and yet messing around in sin, if you are saved and yet apathetic, lukewarm and indifferent, you are still going to be raptured when the rapture comes. I don't believe in this split rapture nonsense. But I tell you something, when you arrive in glory, and you are covered with sin, you're going to weep and wail. And you're going to want the ground to open up and swallow you in. I gave a space to repent, Roman Catholicism, offer fornication, spiritual, of course, worshipping Mary, the saints, even the popes, and she repented not. The Catholic Church doesn't need Jesus Christ. The Catholic Church doesn't need the Bible. The Catholic Church has tradition. 22. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Great tribulation concerning the seven years that will come on the earth to deal with the world and also Israel, not the church. And again, the Lord has given such people the chance to repent. He has pleaded with people to repent. But he knows through foreknowledge that repentance will not come. 23. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Jesus Christ is speaking here. And here a great verse to prove his deity. I will search the, the reins and hearts. I will examine the hearts I will take a look at your thought life. I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. He's omniscient. And that's why I've always been preaching, as long as I've been saved, that when you sin against God, 
only God himself can save you and that's why Jesus Christ is God in fact you were told from Acts chapter 20 how God's blood saved you Acts 20 28 but the first part of 23 is pretty alarming and I will kill her children with death could be physical death the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord it could be eternal death which means hell fire now all I can do this morning is read these verses to you and hope that the Holy Ghost will convict you of your sin I have nothing against you per se if you are just an ordinary Catholic man or woman going to church doing your best I have nothing against you if you're just a typical Mormon going to the steakhouse you know trying to do your best or a JW going to the Kingdom Hall trying to do your best but I have to warn you according to Acts 18 to repent Paul told the Jews that he was pure from their blood and I believe that as Bible believers according to Ezekiel 3 Ezekiel 33 Acts 18 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are responsible to warn people of the coming judgment but as I say you can take the horse to the well but you can't make the horse drink from the well and this is the truth of the matter that people are very stubborn people are very complex people like to stick with what they know best so I think the term to, uh, for children the reference here to children in 23 and the term for bed in 22 and fornication in 21 is I guess summed up in that old saying you made your bed now lie in it go to chapter 9 if you don't come out you will be destroyed physically no doubt like the Corinthians were 1st Corinthians chapter 11 they were sinful they were carnal like Ananias and Sapphira Acts chapter 5 they lied to the Holy Ghost and he killed them just killed them but wipe it yourself through that people say well I'm just worried James that if I come out of Catholicism or if I come out of Mormonism or the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Church of England but I'm going to go to hell. Listen, if you're trusting, or if you trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he will save you to the uttermost. There's one mediator. There's one route. There's one way between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Revelation 9. The man Christ Jesus. My best friend. Revelation 9. Take a look, if you will, at verse 20. And the rest of the men which are not killed of these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts you've got idols which were made by the hands of men and I think of uh, statues I think of graven images going to any Catholic church anywhere in the world there are statues all over the place 
And you can go to Rome and they sell statues there. They sell them at Fatima, Lourdes, Medjugorje. And the priests will pray over them. And uh, Catholics feel they have received something special. And yet those idols, those statues, those graven images are wicked, satanic. And there are spirits which are behind such objects. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, again, concerning the Great Tribulation, but spiritually, concerning those that have been living throughout the Church Age, those that have been convicted by the Holy Ghost and haven't listened to the Holy Ghost, yet repented not. Snub the Lord. Not of the works of their hands. You think of uh, Acts 17. Uh, you can't make gods with hands which rules out the Eucharist. You know, the priest holds up the wafers, I say, and they think it's the body of the Lord. And Paul says, no, you can't make God with your hands. In fact, you were told in 1 Corinthians 8 that meat doesn't commend us to the Lord. So once again, that completely uh, undermines, it completely outrules, uh, completely rules out the Mass being legitimate. In fact, you were told how Christ died once for the sins of the world. You can't keep killing him. You can't keep crucifying him afresh. That they should not worship devils, which are behind the statues and idols, idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. Even crosses, which Catholics like to display in their buildings. In fact, you were told to pick up your cross and follow the Lamb. Never mind putting a cross up on the wall or around your neck. Pick up the cross. Put yourself on the cross. Put your flesh to death, which neither can see, nor hear, nor walk. When you pray to a statue, and you do, when you address a saint, and you do, you are not only committing adultery, in a spiritual sense, if you are saved, but on top of that, you are also committing idolatry. And this goes back to what I said a couple of videos ago, that most Catholics, most Christians, need to see something. It's not enough just to believe on what Christ has done for them. They want to see something. They want to be part of something. And people say, well, there's a billion Catholics around the world. They can't all be wrong, really. There's about a billion Muslims around the world. I guess they can't be wrong either. Don't play the numbers game. Listen. Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost has finally arrived. And you've got around a million Jews that have travelled all over the Roman Empire to go up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And yet, out of a million people, only 3,000 get saved. On top of that, you've got only 120 saved men and women, including Mary and her children in the upper room. So, you want to play the numbers game, it doesn't really prove anything. The majority have always been wrong. It's always been the minority that have been in the truth, that have the truth. And people say, well, if Mary had children, wouldn't they have been standing with her at the cross? John 19, well, not necessarily. Her children were young. On top of that, her children weren't yet saved. I gave the scripture from John 7. They were antagonizing Jesus. It wasn't until he'd been raised from the dead that they believed. Of course, Jude, Judah, Judas was an apostle, believed. 20 down to 21, I guess the Lord is giving such people 
yet another chance to be saved. And yet, let me tell you something. If you are born again, if you preach against falsehood, if you try to contend for the faith, you will experience a great pushback. You will experience a lot of flack. You will experience a lot of pressure. There's a great spirit behind organized religion. But until you open your mouth, until you preach against falsehood, you'll be completely indifferent. You'll have no idea what is going on. Neither repent are they of their murders, 21, nor of their sorceries. You've got a picture there of clairvoyancy, and also from memory, sorcery. Uh, the Greek word is uh, pharmaceutical. We get the word uh, pharmacy. You've got drugs being also cited here, nor of their fornication. I won't rule out paedophilia also being referenced here, nor of their thefts, physical theft, and also robbing the Lord of his glory. Go to chapter 12. Some Catholics believe that Mary is found in Revelation chapter 12. Let's see if that is the case. Take a look, if you will, at verse 1. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being a child, cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. This woman is Israel. Now, the nearest you can get to Mary being found here would be Mary being a daughter of Israel. But specifically, it is concerning Israel. She being a child, cried, verse 2, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. From her conception, or from the Lord's conception to his crucifixion, it was a hard road. And I think it's fair to say that Satan wasn't far from the Lord's uh, birth. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the room, in the stable, when she gave birth to the Son of God. We know back in Exodus chapter 2 how Pharaoh wanted to kill the Jewish children, the boys to be precise. We know from Matthew chapter 2 how Herod the king wanted to kill the child Christ and in the end he couldn't find the child Christ because the Lord was protecting him. But what he did was he massacred all those boys that were under the age of 18 months old. You see there's nothing new under the sun. Antichrists have always been around and that's why one more time when you read the Word of God, it's either doctrinal, doctrinal, historical, prophetical, or spiritual. And I think all of these verses are going to point back to my overall theme that today's Catholic Church is a great candidate for a type of the future Antichrist. Look at verse 3, please. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. Two things, this wonder is occurring in heaven, not on the earth. But what fascinates me is this. What seems to occur on the earth occurs in heaven. Peter will be told that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And that authority was given to all of the apostles and vicariously you and I. 
who were born again. So it suggests to me that what we do on the earth as saved people is somehow mirrored in heaven. Also we are told from Luke chapter 15 that we have angels which are in heaven, which always behold the Father's face. Now, I don't quite understand that, but I think on the one hand you have the possibility that we have angels which are assigned to us that are on the earth with us. Maybe there's an angel here with me this morning as I make this video, I don't know. That's one option, I don't rule it, I don't rule it out. The second option is that we have an angel in heaven that somehow is not interceding for us, that's the work of the Lord Jesus Christ as our high priest in heaven, but is somehow fellowshipping with the Lord concerning what we do here on the earth. I think maybe when we get to glory, when we go into the millennial kingdom, the angel which was assigned to us, I think probably one angel per person, is going to be physically with us. I'm not sure I really understand that, particularly well enough to explain it to you all, but I guess what I'm trying to say is this, that what happened on the earth concerning Mary giving birth to the Lord Jesus Christ was happening in heaven at the same time. Maybe I can come back and explain more of that to you. Seven heads, ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads concerning the devil, concerning kingdoms, principalities and powers. Four, and his tail do the third part of the stars of heaven and to cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. One of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ needed to cast out so many devils during his time on the earth is because many more devils were on the earth. And I think here you've got a third of the stars of heaven being cast to the earth. Stars in heaven, stars in the word of God are nearly always in reference to angels, spirits. So the devil casts a third of his angels to the earth and they possess people. And that's why I think when the Lord came to the earth, he was casting out devils left, right and center. The apostles too. But it seems to me that with the death of the Lord, with the death of the apostles, those demons, those, uh, those devils, those angels seem to have almost disappeared. Not completely, of course, they're still around, but to be fair to the text, this seems to have occurred during the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil, the dragon, stood before the woman. Israel, as a nation, Mary is a daughter of Israel, which was ready to be delivered. Like I say, he may have been in the stable, I don't rule it out, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Moses almost lost his life, but was saved. Jesus almost lost his life, but was saved. And I guess that's also a great uh, concept to hold to when it comes to eternal security. Five, and she brought forth a man-child, which was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Definitely concerning the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
concern the first coming, of course. But this term, to rule all nations with a rod of iron, is going to concern the second coming. He came the first time as the son of Joseph, and they mocked him, they crucified him, and they put a crown of thorns on his head. The second time, the second coming, he comes back as the son of David to receive a literal crown, a literal kingdom. And he will put down all of his enemies, and he will rule and reign for 1,000 years. So the first time he comes, gets his cross, puts himself on a cross, and is crucified for the sins of the world. But the second time he comes back, second advent, he comes for a crown and a kingdom. Her child was caught up unto God. Again, Israel is the main person here, or the main uh, entity which is being cited here, and I'll explain that further. But behind the nation was Mary. Let me say this also, that Mary was a daughter of Israel. Jesus was a son of Israel. This is a Jewish book, and sometimes we forget that. And Catholics think that this is all about them. In fact, the Catholic Church believes in what's called replacement theology. And they believe that they are now Israel. That again is heresy. God is not finished with the Jews. And, how, uh, and now he is in heaven on his throne. Six, and the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. Mary didn't flee into the wilderness. Not for three and a half years. This is concerning the great tribulation. And yet I will say this, that when Christ was born, he went into Egypt with his mother and Joseph, and he was there for an unspecified amount of time. Egypt is a type of the world. So you see, be very careful when you read the Word of God, how you understand it. This book is three-dimensional. This is the only book that I've ever read that I continue to learn more from. And I'll be honest with you, I can't get this book down. I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I think I've got it down. I think I've got the basics down, and yet, time after time, it just baffles me. Go to verse 13, please. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Anti-Semitism has always been satanic. Anti-Semitism has always been of the devil. And that's why most religions which attack Israel are satanic in nature. And this term for dragon one more time will be the devil. And he's cast down to the earth. Probably concerning the second coming. I won't rule out the first coming. He was very active. He's always been very active. But I'm going to stick with my hypothesis that this will partly picture the first coming 
and also going to the second coming. 14. And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. This cannot be Mary, it's impossible. And this term for two wings of a great eagle has been suggested by some to be America. The Americans have on their money a picture of an eagle, uh, or a phoenix, I think it may be, and some premillennial brethren believe that during the tribulation America will step in and assist the children of Israel. 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. If you get a chance, look at Job chapter 1, and there you get a picture of the devil using nature to attack Job. And here Satan is using nature to attack the woman. He's going to use a flood. Look at 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Now God steps in and uses nature to reverse the, the devil's attack on the children of Israel during the Great Tribulation. That's why you were told to love the children of Israel for this dispensation and also for the Great Tribulation. But I'm going to continue to take these verses and teach them in a spiritual sense and retain the view, retain the understanding that I have that this is concerning the papacy and not only the papacy, every false system under the sun. Also, if you go back to the Gospels, you get a picture there of the Lord Jesus Christ sleeping on a boat and this great storm comes out of nowhere and the apostles start to panic and he steps in, the Lord Jesus Christ, and saves them from drowning. Well, of course, behind that was a devil, no doubt, trying to sink the boat. Look at 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnants of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. If this is Mary, which some Catholics believe it is, then deal with this term, the remnant of her seed. Catholics believe that Mary was a perpetual virgin. And I've already made the case that she was not from my first video. If Revelation 12 is speaking about Mary, then what do you do with this piece of scripture? The dragon, the devil, was wroth, angry with the woman. Let's say it's Mary. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed. But she has no children, according to Rome. Of course, it's Israel. It's the believing remnant of her seed. It's saved Jewish people, Jewish Christians, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This term for the commandments of God is cited by some dispensational brethren to uh, concern the Ten Commandments. And some of my brethren believe that when the Great Tribulation begins, people are going to be saved by faith and works. Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe that anybody in any dispensation can save themselves. To hold such a view, as far as I can see, not only cheapens the grace of God, not only cheapens the blood of Christ, but also presents the fact that, or the view that, somehow you 
are going to be a junior partner with the Lord Jesus Christ concerning your, uh, your salvation. I don't believe it. You were told what the commandments of God are from 1 John chapter 3. You were told what the commandments of God are from uh, Romans chapter 13. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you love your brothers as yourself, according to 1 John chapter 3, you have fulfilled the law. So the dragon was wroth with the woman, Israel, prophetically speaking, concerning the great tribulation. But for here and now, the dragon was wroth with the woman, concerning the Roman Catholic Church, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Some saved Catholics, but won't come out of the system, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. But one last time, if you think, Mary is this woman from chapter 12 deal with the scripture concerning the remnants of a seed chapter 13 look at verse 11 please and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon here you find the false prophets and he, I guess, will come from the religious realm. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, Antichrist, from the political realm, and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He's a counterfeit of Christ. The Antichrist will be such a great counterfeit of the Lord Jesus Christ that according to Matthew 24 if it were possible and it's not thankfully but if it were possible even the elect would be deceived and I can't stress it enough that Satan is such a great counterfeit to the Lord Jesus Christ and people say well I went to a healing event some years ago and I got healed did you really or I saw an event take place at Lourdes Fatima Medjugorje, did you really? And even if you did, it doesn't mean that the Lord was behind it. And people say, well, look at uh, Lewis. Some of those children died young. Yes, pretty sad, wasn't it? And one lady called Lucy became a nun. Even more sad. I mean, what a waste of a life. You weren't told to lock yourself away. You were told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And also that lady Lucy according to some writers died and was replaced with a double you couldn't make this stuff up could you and yet this is what many people have written about and spoken about over the years but here the beast has a deadly wound which was healed the Antichrist will die during the seven years and his wound will be witnessed all over the world and you were told in chapter 11 of this book that the world see the two witnesses resurrected and that is a great scripture to prove that revelation is still future but if we are to believe here's a quick uh, footnote and i get back to this in a minute if we are to believe that this month may is a month that the Antichrist will be revealed to the world. People are still preaching this, by the way. Where is the false prophet? 
Where are the two witnesses? What I read to you thus far hasn't yet come to pass, but it will do. 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. I will send them strong delusion. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 concerning God. God will send strong delusion to those on the, those on the earth during the tribulation whose hearts are not right with him. But throughout the church age that is going to concern Christendom. It's going to concern those that offer themselves as being his people. It's going to concern those that give him lip service. It's going to concern those that go to church, that tithe, that are very religious. And yet that same crowd, according to Matthew chapter 7, say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? Did we not do many mighty works in thy name? Cart out devils in thy name? What did you say to them? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. But again, you can't miss it. Great wonders fire comes down from heaven, miracles which he had power to do in the sights of the beast. Go back to what I've been saying all along. You've got Marian shrines and not just the Catholics, you know, I want to be fair now and say that most people that hold to the signs and wonders being for the day are contenders to fall into this trap, this deception. And also from 14, how they should make an image to the beast. Let's get a statue of Mary. Let's get a statue of John Paul II. Let's get a statue of Pius XII. Let's get a statue of him. Let's get a statue of her. Let's pay homage to him. Let's pay homage to her. Let's worship the statue. Do you see how dangerous this is? And yet is endemic. It is totally and utterly endemic. It is repulsive and shame to those of you which are born again and are refusing to speak out against it. Also this term, 14, which are the wound by a sword and it live. We're not quite, uh, we're not particularly clear as to what this sword will entail during the tribulation and yet there are people that believe that it's still possible to resurrect dead people. 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. But Mary spoke to the children at Lourdes. She gave instructions to the children. She appeared in Medjugorje and Fatima. Jesus Christ appeared to Pius XII. Until you're born again, you have no idea how serious this is. But death is going to come to these people unless they repent. Chapter 14, look at verse 8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. That great city. Because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. Most nations around the world are in submission to the Vatican. When presidents, prime ministers and uh, kings and queens go to Europe, they nearly always go to the Vatican to brief the Pope. 
and the Pope will brief them about plans that are being made and always remember this that the Catholic Church is not only a religious system it's also a political system as well nine and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name everlasting torture in the presence of the lamb and his angels but this piece of scripture fascinates me about the mark of the beast in their foreheads ash wednesday is an event which catholics mark out and they put ash on their foreheads just right about there and you think to yourself that's a type of the mark of the beast now the mark of the beast will occur in the tribulation not in the church age and the mark of the beast goes in your fore forehead in your forehead and in your hand your right hand it's like a plant it's like a chip and they got it now they are ready to use it they are already using it in fact most animals are chipped in fact I'm I heard recently that uh, people who suffer from uh, dementia Alzheimer's are also being offered the chip so if your elderly mother or father goes missing they can find you we're there we're ready for the Antichrist's arrival we have been for many years but here I'm still teaching this from a spiritual perspective concerning Rome and this beast has an image which can both speak and communicate and those that wouldn't worship the image of the beast should be killed now Catholics don't kill non-Catholics for not worshipping Mary although they did back in the Dark Ages if you refuse to be a Catholic back in the Dark Ages you were put to death in fact by my understanding around 50 million people were murdered by the Catholic Church from the 4th century up until the I think 19th century so 14 8 down to 11 you've got those that are in the system that won't come out of this system consigned to everlasting hell and verse 11 1 last time and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever there's no annihilation if you die without Christ you perish there's many roads into hell but there isn't one road out and they rest and they have no rest day nor night you can't imagine the suffering can you who worship the beast in his image continue to worship Mary and uh, unclean spirits behind that system and whosoever receiveth not the mark of his name we know from Daniel 12 that if you die without Christ you suffer eternal shame and some of us experience shame we got saved later in life and we had sin in our lives before we came to the Lord and that shame is still there and yet as we grow as Christians as we renew our minds with the word of God that shame uh, recedes and we are, we are able to have peace and joy and yet imagine 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 having everlasting shame weeping and wailing gnashing of teeth 
cursing God, angry with your friends and family, dying with all that lust inside of you. Awful. Chapter 16, look at verse 10, please. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, the throne of Peter, and his kingdom was full of darkness. There's no light in Vatican City. And they know their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. I'm going to stay a Catholic until I die. I'm a good JW. I'm a good Mormon. I'm not going to come out. You Bible believers are fanatics. If you don't come out according to this, you're going to go to everlasting hell. Blaspheme the God of heaven. Repented not of their deeds, nor their tongues for pain, weeping and gnashing of teeth. 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out to the mouth of the dragon, and out to the mouth of the beast, and out to the mouth of the false prophet, smooth, slick, and seductive. And 13 again, synonymous with witchcraft, synonymous with the devil, You've got unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, Antichrist, or specifically the devil, and out of the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Here you get a picture of the unholy trinity. <coughs> the dragon is Satan. The beast is the Antichrist. And the false prophet, one more time, is from the religious realm. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles. You can't miss it, can you? Which go forth unto the kings of the earth, of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And these unclean spirits, I think, have pretty much taken over Christendom. Most so-called evangelical preachers have been seduced by Rome. And I think it's quite possible that most of what you see on so-called Christian television and Christian radio is demon possession. Religious people possessed with the devil. Unclean spirits like frogs come out to the mouth of the dragon and the beast and the false prophet working miracles like Benny Hinn like Joyce Mayer, like Paula White. In fact, most of what I see on Christian television, so-called, is no more than slick, smooth, seductive, believe in yourself kind of messages. Self-help gurus for millionaires who have no idea what life is all about. But these verses, from a prophetical perspective, are going to concern the Great Tribulation those that are on the earth after the rapture. But for today, I'm teaching this from a spiritual perspective. Those that are in the Catholic system and are being misled and seduced by unclean spirits. Chapter 17. When there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgments of the great hall that sitteth upon many waters. I will show unto thee the judgments of the great whore, not a literal woman, a spiritual woman, that sitteth upon many waters, Rome of course, and people say, how do you know this is a 
church or how do you know this is a term for a system well the catholics say holy mother church they speak of the catholic church in the feminine holy mother church i will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore not just a whore a great whore the great whore that sitteth upon many waters being Rome, of course with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication leaders all over the world church leaders all over the world fall, the, fall over themselves to get close to the catholic church benny hinn made the statement that the greatest event of his life was meeting john paul ii now that's a kind of strange uh, statement to make Hinn said he's born again and yet he's saying that the greatest event of his life was meeting Pope John Paul II not Jesus Christ Robert Schuller when he built his crystal, uh, crystal cathedral took the blueprints took the drawings to Rome to have the Pope bless them the Archbishop of Canterbury thinks the Pope is a wonderful man Billy Graham would tell you that the Pope preaches the same message as he does so kings of the earth church leaders those that are in authority VIPs have committed fornication spiritual fornication they've been almost hypnotized by this great whore and are drunk with the wine of a fornication if you ever watch any newsreels of those that go to the Vatican you will see that women by protocol have to, dre- have to dress in black it's a picture of mourning it's a picture of impurity the men can wear suits but the women normally have to wear all black and I've seen people arrive to meet the Pope and they still genuflect they still kiss his hand sometimes not always but sometimes they even kiss his foot but more often than not they will kiss his hand it's a sign of submission it's a sign of respect it goes back to the seat of the beast the throne of the beast Peter's throne Peter's seat you see but of course if you don't want to see this you won't see it you will remain in ignorance three so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns this woman is Rome is sitting upon a scarlet colored beast being the antichrist the catholic church during the great tribulation will work hand in hand with the antichrist so why wait i mean why not get saved today why put this off why take your chances during the great tribulation in fact i'll say this to you my understanding of second thessalonians chapter 2 is not only does god send out strong delusion on those that refuse to believe the truth being christ again but those that do get saved in the tribulation are those that didn't hear the gospel before the rapture of the church in other words if you are living today in the church age and if you have rejected the gospel and if the rapture were to come today according to my understanding of the word of god you won't get a second chance your heart has been hardened you are under the judgment of god which goes back to the the time of the lord's first coming most of the children of israel didn't believe on him only two priests from the sanhedrin believed on him joseph and nicodemus and what do you make of that most of the jews didn't know who he was didn't believe on him and yet just two priests believed on him 
But here, the woman, Rome, is sitting upon a scarlet-coloured beast. She's riding the beast. It's a kind of crude description, I know. Four. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet colour, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of a fornication. Much symbolism there. And I'm trying to cover as much ground as I can, so please, read along with me. Don't just sit back and listen to me do the reading. Read along with me. Five, and upon her forehead, like Ash Wednesday, was a name written, mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. This description, this uh, list of names, I guess is only visible to God. If you could see it, I guess you'd probably run to the nearest door. Or maybe you wouldn't. We live in a generation now where people don't seem to have an issue with wickedness. In fact, they embrace it. Look at six. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. Go back to the first century. Who killed the Lord? The Romans. Who killed Peter and Paul? The Romans. Who killed most of the first century believers? Second century, third century, the Romans. Who's going to kill tribulation saints? the Catholic Church, in conjunction with the Antichrist, of course. So the woman, is Rome, is drunk with the blood of the saints. Like this pretty stream beside me, but imagine that flowing with blood. Be pretty repulsive. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Tribulation saints. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Because this system, listen, this system, known as Roman Catholicism, offers itself as being a Christian institution. I wouldn't be spending any time making videos like this if the Pope of Rome said he was a Buddhist, or a Hindu, or a New Ager. I couldn't care less. But the moment the Pope and those in his camp use the name of our blessed Saviour, then I am grieved, I feel obliged, to speak against it. And yet, people are very foolish. People will say, well, the Pope's a great man. He's this, he's that. He's a wicked man. He will think nothing of you bowing down and calling him Holy Father. And yet, Holy Father, John 18, is for God the Father. 17, 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Rome is a very diverse city. I think Vatican City is a mile or two in, in radius for memory. And you've got many people living in Rome. So the Pope is not just a religious leader, he's also a political leader. He's like the Prime Minister. He's like the President. He's like the King. He's like the Emperor. All rolled into one. So he's political and he's religious. And some years ago, two cardinals had to flee to Rome. One was called Bernard Law from uh, Boston, Massachusetts in America. And the other was called uh, Roger Mahoney. And there was a bishop also from Ireland called Brendan uh, McClensky, I think. McClensky. Maybe wrong with his surname, but those three men were caught up with that whole paedophile cover-up 
and they fled to Rome because they get diplomatic immunity. The long arm of the law can't reach out to Rome and arrest those men because they are on sovereign land. Again, you don't know this until you research it. And people say the Catholic Church is just a religious church. No, it's not. It's political. It has its own, you know, it has its own army. It has its own intelligence service. It has banks, properties. It's very wealthy, very well organized. And the apostles had nothing. 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest from the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn with fire. The whore will be destroyed during the tribulation. The beast, being the Antichrist, will destroy the whore. He will use her, he will get what he can from her, and when it pleases the Lord God, he will destroy the whore. So why wait? Come out of her now, why put it off? 17, for God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast unto the words of God shall be fulfilled. If you're not saved, your enemy is God. Never mind the devil, your number one enemy is almighty God. Eighteen. And the woman which thou sawest is a great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. The woman that you saw being Rome, being Vatican City, is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. If you don't believe me, go on YouTube, just type in uh, Obama going to Rome, the Queen going to Rome, in fact, back in 2005, I think it was, when John Paul II died, when his funeral had been arranged, it clashed with the marriage of Prince Charles and Camilla. So Prince Charles and Camilla cancelled their wedding, postponed it, so that Charles, and I think his future wife, could go to Rome to pay respects to John Paul II. Now what do you make of that? Don't tell me that the world isn't in submission to Rome. You didn't find Rome postponing the funeral so that Charles could be married to his second wife. No. Charles postponed his wedding to go to Rome to pay respects to John Paul II. And also Benny Hinn was there and many other apostates. 18.4 And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. If you're a saved Catholic, get out. If you're saved, JW, get out. If you're saved, Mormon, get out. That ye be not partakers of her sins. And that ye receive not of her plagues. If you're saved and you're messing with this harlot of a system, if you're saved and not wanting to come out, you're going to be destroyed. Christ will tell you if you love your father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. That you were told that you had to hate those that you love to even be able to be part of the body of Christ. Of course, we know we're saved by grace, you understand, but there's a cost to follow the Lamb. 18.20 Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Who killed the apostles? Rome. Who killed the prophets? Rome. Read Acts of the Apostles, 
We find Rome is still very much in control. For God hath avenged you on her. God has avenged you on her. God will take the, the whore, the false prophets, and the Antichrist and destroy them. So I think you've got a pretty substantial overview of Acts, excuse me, of Revelation, I keep saying Acts, of Revelation. When I finish Acts, <laughs> I will do Revelation. But you've had a good overview of Revelation from 2 to 18. And like I say, when you read the Word of God, there are four applications that you need to always be mindful of. Historical, doctrinal, prophetical, and spiritual. The Word of God is all, is all to us, in a sense, for edification. But it's not all to us, in a sense, of being relevant to us. But Revelation isn't a hard book to understand. It is a hard book to believe. So, I think I will sign out there. It's very hot, very pretty, where I'm currently standing. In fact, I'll just jump out of camera shot and allow you to have a look at what is behind me. And I guess summer has finally arrived. Praise the Lord. But uh, I will say this one last time, that I'm not against Catholic people, okay? I'm not against Mormons or JWs, but I am against the system. And if you're not careful, according to what I read to you this morning, God is going to destroy the whore. He will destroy the system. He will destroy the financial side of it, the religious side of it, the idolatrous side of it, and my only uh, feeling to say before I sign out is please, if you're in that system, come out of it. And if you are thinking about going into it, don't even consider it. You are playing with fire. The Catholic Church is wicked. In fact, the term Vatican in uh, classical Latin means divination. It means, it means servants, serpents, excuse me, it means serpents. It's another term for the devil. So all I can do is point you to the cross. All I can do is warn you and plead with you and uh, hope you've been reading along with me. I hope you've been examining what I've been reading and if you get a chance, read some of the great works put out by the reformers and their associates. This is all dealt hundreds of years ago, but the problem is that we've gone full circle, we've gone back into error, we've gone back into apostasy. We are now part of the ecumenical movement where unity is more important than truth. And if you're not careful, you'll be deceived, you'll be destroyed, you'll be damned. And when you arrive in eternity, you will lose it all. But so uh, that's not my hope. My hope is that you come out, repent, get saved, and uh, try and get others saved as well. Just a quick PS, if you will allow me to. From Revelation 13, 11 down to 15, we read about the false prophet being revealed to the world. And this false prophet, as I say, comes from the religious realm. And he does signs and wonders. And he will deceive many people. And... I just want to make this final point before I 
finally wrap this message up that what I am very concerned about, and I will speak about this in a separate message down the line, is how we are seeing a much greater uh, interest in signs and wonders. People going to events to be healed. And I, I wonder if what we're actually seeing are dim-possessed people from the so-called uh, name it and claim it movement, uh, signs and wonders uh, movement, and I just wonder if those people are demon possessed and I just wonder if when they pray over people when they lay their hands on people and such people claim to be saved I just wonder if they are actually receiving unclean spirits because it's interesting to me look at Matthew 7 I gave the scripture earlier many will say to me that day Lord Lord <coughs> not some many they are claiming to have been able to do miracles in the Lord's name and therefore I am very concerned that a lot of people throughout the church age are receiving false prophets, healings, so-called, and think they are saved, when in reality they have received unclean spirits. This goes back to what I keep saying, that if you're not saved, never mind the devil, never mind the world, or the flesh, you need to be worried about the Lord God of the Bible because he will harden your heart he will destroy you if you're caught up with this particular movement look at uh, Herod, he destroyed Herod he destroyed Pharaoh so signs and wonders 11 down to 15 are going to be used in the tribulation the world will see these signs and wonders the world will think what a great work that is being done but with my overall teaching from this morning concerning the teaching of this from a spiritual perspective I still think that for the church age you've got people that are going to so-called revivals so-called healing events could be Catholic could be Protestant could be charismatic I don't care and they are being infused they are receiving they are having unclean spirits imputed to them and they think they are healed, they think they are saved, and in reality they are not saved. They are twofold more a child of the devil than before. So I don't know what else to say about that really, other than examine yourself, make sure you are saved, make sure you have trusted Christ alone to save you, and if you are struggling uh, in your walk with the Lord, plead the blood of Christ. Read the Word of God each and every day. Pray until you pray. But if you are struggling for peace of mind, or if you can't sleep, or if you are battling temptation, plead the blood of Christ. But for this crowd here, there's no hope for them. Through God's foreknowledge, he sees what is about to occur, and it's devastating. And yet, in spite of that, he still warns us, through the Word of God, to repent. Not to make the same mistake that this crowd are going to make in the tribulation. And as I say, you can play the numbers game and say, well, James, what you're saying is interesting, but I'm a Catholic. There's over a billion of us. We can't all be wrong. Yes, you can, and you are. The Muslims, as I say, are over a billion strong. And there's no truth in that religion. And people say, well, there are older religions in the world. Yes, the Hindus, I think, predate the Jews, perhaps. But so what? There's no truth in that system. So the moment you lose the simplicity of Christ, the moment you get into this whole 
heal, uh, this whole healing movement, this whole uh, drive to get people healed of every infirmity, every sickness, that somehow it's not right to, to be healed, that it's uh, not the Lord's will to be sick. You're kidding yourself. And I've, spent, you know, I've mentioned this before in previous videos, Paul was almost blind before he died, and Trophimus and Timothy and so many others couldn't heal themselves, so be mindful of what I said, and uh, I will return at a future event and speak about this uh, at more length. But I'm out of time for today, so I think you've had a, quite a lot of material, and I uh, appreciate that it's quite heavy, it's quite worrying, because God is going to destroy the whore, being Rome. And if you're caught up in that system, and if you don't come out, he will destroy you as well. Now, I believe in eternal security for every dispensation, and I make no apologies for that, but I don't want to play games with people. I don't want to say, well, if you stay put, it's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen to you. I mean, if you die in that system, if you don't come out after being told to come out, my feeling is, you know, it could be pretty bad for you. But, you know, why put yourself through it? Why put yourself in that system? You've been told, Christ wept for you, he died for you, he wrote a book for you, he's told you, he's given you a conscience. But go back to my earlier comments about North Korea. Those poor people are in a system, they've been indoctrinated since day one. Catholics are in a system, they too have been indoctrinated since day one. You and I were the same until we got saved. So I understand the struggle, I understand the problem of what I've you know, laid out this morning. If this guy is right, it's going to cost me something. And yet, you were told to come out of the whore. You were told to separate from the world system. So, I won't keep going over the same ground again, but you get the gist, I hope, anyway, of what I've been saying today. So, that's it. And this time I will sign out. The Lord bless you all, and Maranatha.